Welcome back to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. Taxley offers the first apprenticeship program for careers in tax law and consulting. So for those who thought the CPA was the only way to a prestigious tax career, let Taxley show you the importance of becoming an enrolled agent. Visit Taxley.com to learn more. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former Bearcat basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the Hall of Fame coach, Bob Huggins. And I'm Neil Meyer with the Front Office News. Now I'm J.T. Smith, Editor-in-Chief of the Front Office News. Now, fellas, it is Crosstown Shootout time, one of my favorite games of the year. Since this is going to be a special podcast, we have to bring in a special guest. Our guest is from 48 Minutes Basketball Network covering Xavier, NKU, and UC. I'd like to welcome in, I guess we'd say, a friend, like a really close friend to the podcast now, our guy, Tim Daniels. Tim, what's going on, bro? You guys are the first people to ever introduce me as a special guest, so I'm honored. I mean, it means a lot, guys. Well, just know that it's just, this will be the last time, so from moving forward. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going to enjoy it while it's here. Like, just Tim. But Tim, I know Tim. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, right. that guy. One, that guy. Deal. One-time deal. Yeah. Um, so, so Tim, did you know that Neil has nine cats? Um, no, but it doesn't shock me. One of them, one of them will shut down the show. Yeah. Ah, oh, yeah. My cat would try, would if we let him, I have to like close him out. So you have, you have one cat. Yeah. I used to have two. The one passed away last year. My wife had had her since she was like for like 17 years. So she did, she had a good life, you know? Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Wow. yeah, this one's like 10. He's like 10. Okay. Well, if you need another cat, just, you know, no. give me a lot. No. Okay. Two dogs and a baby coming. We're straight, buddy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. you, you've got your hands full. Now, the other thing I want to tell you, Tim, is Christmas is coming up. And if you want to get JT a gift, you can get him anything related to Jimmy G gear. Anything Jimmy G 49ers gear, he would appreciate. I've got a T-shirt coming for him uh, that says Jimmy GQ, and he's really excited about that. Right, JT? I know his excitement. I hear all about it. He's not a <laughs> cat. He's not delete. even I'm deleting. We deleting this. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. My no, bad. Now, I, I told y'all Debo, Debo gear. Y'all can give me some, some CMC uh maybe even a bosa you know what i mean uh jimmy you know, g forever baby yeah give me give me a tray give me a tray a block a brock party give me a brock party <laughs> shirt you know we're going jimmy g for life um now <laughs> tim we always it's funny tim like you and i will be at the same basketball game every time each other in the arena we see each other outside of the arena running into each other in the parking lot isn't that crazy yeah, I wasn't invited to Chris next suite for the Xavier West Virginia game, so I couldn't go hang out with you there. Um, oh, but sorry, <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. I texted Beach and I was like, "Hey, are you?" I didn't know that you were hanging, like you were hanging out there. So I texted him and I was like, "Hey, man, are you at the game?" It was Saturday at Cintas. He's like, "Yeah, I'm here." You and I was like, "Of course." I was like, "All right, well, I got to go do this press conference. We'll meet up afterwards." And he's like, "Ah, oh, man, I left. I was it was taking so long." As I'm leaving in the parking lot of Cintas Center, I walk out and Beach walks by me. We so yep, 
we run. And, and the reason it was taking so long, I was waiting on Hugs to come out. We were in the back locker room, but apparently he was doing press. Yeah. You could call or it whatever, that. whatever he was. Yeah. Oh, in court. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Hugs, yeah. Hugs is the best. Now, real, real quick, Tim, you were at Reds Fest. How was Reds Fest this year? It was fun. Um, you know, for me, having the baseball show that I do, Late Night Reds Talk, um, it was cool because, like, you know, we had a lot of people who came up to us like, hey, I really like the show. And I'm not an autograph collector. Um, so for me, it's a little it's a little different than everyone else, I guess. For me, it's just hanging out and kind of looking at, like, memorabilia and stuff like that and having people that are friends that, I work, that work in the organization. It's just going to go say hey to them. So um, it was fun, man. It's hanging out with John Sadak. He's a regular on our show. He's a TV commentator for the Reds. He's a good buddy of ours. So hanging out with him was always a blast. But it was a good time, man. Um, I prefer they don't do it the same day as Xavier having a huge basketball game so I don't have a full day ahead of me. But it wasn't They bad. need to check with you on your schedule before they put I that know. together. Seriously. You, you know, I was yeah. talking to somebody about this the other day. Why don't the Bengals do something like this? They do have their family day during training camp in okay. the summer. Um, but it's like an hour after practice, and they do practice inside the stadium instead of on the little side field. So I'm with you. I think that would be, be great. huge. Bring an Ocho yeah. Jim Breach, Lap, obviously Lapham will be there. Munoz, I'm- Takio, oh, yeah, gosh, that would it. be huge. Um, did you tell Eric Davis um, I need to meet him? Did you do that for? Me? Um, I didn't get like close enough to talk okay. to him, but I did see him wearing the most baller bowler hat I've ever seen in my life mm-hmm. in uni. So, E Eric Davis, red. He's still got the swag, so Look, give him, give it, gotta give him his credit. No doubt about that. South Central's finest man. Eric's my will always be my favorite Reds player. Though they'll, they'll never, never be another. Just, just had so much swag. Um, big fan. I've never met him, so that's that's definitely someone I want to meet. Uh, Nip- I have one up on Meech. I've uh, met someone Meech hasn't. <laughs> How about that? You got me. You have me beat on this one, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to meet him though. Hopefully one day, but. Um, Neil, JT, you guys ready? You want to jump into this? Yeah, let's get to it. Let's man. do it. Oh let's yeah, um, before you jump all the way into it, hey, people, people are calling you a Xavier, Xavier fan on, on Saturday. I'm sorry, what'd you say? People are calling you a Xavier fan on Saturday. Oh, that Friday. Oh, because you got caught on TV. You know, you got caught on TV, right? I did. I did. So let me tell you the backstory on that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> let me get and I said um, I would, and I said I would say something just because uh, it was funny as shit to me. But <laughs> thank you, thank you. so um, I'm in my seats, and um, one of my business mentors is a gentleman named Jack Overbeck, one of the nicest philanthropic kind men you you will ever meet. So he has two seats that are fourth row next to Xavier's bench, and he knew. You know, Hugs was coming in. He said, I got to give you these two tickets to, you know, see Hugs. So I'm there. I'm sitting in those seats and I'm getting up at halftime to go to the restroom. And as I'm going, like one of the suites, the box suites, <clears throat> I just keep hearing, Meech, Meech. And I look up and I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's Chris Mack and a guy named Kevin Barnett, who's the sports director at Channel 12. Now, I grew up with KB and Mack. Um, you know, both of them I've watched growing up in gyms play basketball like they're my brother's age they played basketball with my brother i kind of idolized all those guys watched them play i've known kb and chris back forever and they invited me in the suite so i go in the suite and i'm talking 
And um, so for whatever reason, we're talking and we're I can't even say what we were talking about. Yeah. We're just joking about stuff. And then all of a sudden, Chris Mack's wife goes, um, you guys were just on TV. I'm getting my phone's blowing up. And I'm like, what? And so I look at my phone. Eric Hicks tried to call me. <laughs> Lenny Stokes is texting me, like all these people. And I'm like, oh, God. So we're all there kind of, you know, BSing and all that. So I knew I was going to get a lot of slander. So <laughs> Twitter's ruthless as it is. Uh, I'm, I'm yeah, so, for sure. I'm so I'm so used to it. You know, it's like, whatever, you can do anything and they're going to blast you. So yeah. <laughs> I was like, I might as well put it out there. Yeah. It's like the it's like the Eminem uh, uh, diss battle when um, he just disses himself. Yeah. <laughs> really the so I'm like, let me just go. I'm like, let me just go ahead. I'm like, let me just talk. I was like, hey, I'm like, man, everybody was talking about like, dang, Beach, Beach, an X fan, huh? I'm like, what? Then it was like, oh, <laughs> you know, talking to Chris and everything. Like, it's all good, but it was funny to me, though. So I was like, I'm just, I'll, I'll, I'll rib you on it for it. Well, so thank It's all good, bro. That's that's tw Twitter and social media for you. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I have, I have fun with it. You know, yeah, who cares? It's all good. Yeah, it's all you good. have to. I knew you were there for. I knew you was there for hugs though. So it's all good. I mean, it is what it is. Everybody go checks out a game here, here and there. You know, oh yeah, squad, so. I gotta represent my guy hugs, man. Yeah. It's, it's, no matter what, it's Bearcats all day. For sure. Um, that so wherever I go, it's it's Bearcats all day. They know. Yeah. Everybody in the box was giving me shit about being a UC guy. I'm sitting yeah. there hyping up my Bearcats. And then yeah. Bearcat fans are getting at me for being it. You know, it's like, yeah. you can't <laughs> win. Both ways. <laughs> you can't win. You can't win. Nah, I like it short. Got to have fun with it, right? Facts, facts. Now, you're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. Now, this Saturday, 3 p.m., the Xavier Musketeers comes to Fifth Third Arena to take on the Cincinnati Bearcats for the 90th edition of the Skyline Chili Crosstown Shootout. And we want to remind all Bearcat fans out there to visit Meals Pizza at 2634 Short Vine before and after all Bearcat football and basketball games. Get there early because the place gets packed on Bearcat Games Days. Thanks to Kelly and Richard Meals for the support of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast. I'm telling you right now, Meals is going to be jumping before the Crosstown shootout game. So if you're going, get there early. Now let's go ahead and jump into the Big O segment. It's sponsored by Donahue Accounting Services. Now in this segment, we cover players to watch and key matchups. So JT, I always start off with you. And it seems every shootout, someone steps up from either team and it performs like at an extremely high level. Who from the Bearcats need to step up and play well and why at that extremely high level. All right. So it's almost two, two for the safe bet. So, like, me is Landers and Ali. Like, he has to have that uh, Arizona esque game, mm. but against Xavier, if they're going to have a chance, I think, personally. And then my second, I know I can, you can keep going, but my second person is Vic because Vic. If he gets in foul trouble early, then it can get real ugly. Like masterpiece sneakers. <laughs> we don't want that. We don't want that. Wait, wait, Neil, wait. Neil, look up Google search. I mean, I'll you say know masterpiece sneakers. Three of the four of us got that reference. Hey, and Neil, I know you don't know what they look like. Google search it sooner than later. All right, and you will laugh your ass off. 
But Neil had yeah. no idea. He what had you no talking. idea. No idea. But masterpiece sneakers. No. All right. So. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. JT. Neil, do you have any clue? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh. All right. All right. So JT, JT, continue. We'll let uh, Neil do the uh, research. So do the research, Neil. That's all I'm asking of you on this one. But you're good. I know you will find it. But, JT, JT, you'll never top that ever again. No, that was that was off the top of my head too, man. That was pretty good. That was That's, pretty damn good. That, so, so, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use, and I'll, I'll give you credit though. Okay, bet, bet. Just quote me. Just quote drop me on that. Uh, you ever seen that wrestler Barry Horowitz when he passes up the back? Remember him? Of course I, I have. Me right of now. course I have. I know you have. But I'm yeah. sure. But uh, I say all behind me is nothing but wrestling. Figures, I know. I know so. you know. I know you know yeah. him. But if <laughs> Big Vic, he's important because he can possibly he has to have like a double double-ish type night, but he can't get in foul trouble because if he gets in foul trouble, it's gonna it's gonna get like I said, masterpiece sneaker ugly because Nunji, Fremantle. And then they have depth as well. Um, it can get ugly because, you know, Kalu hasn't played well, like what, what everybody's expected. Um, Odie's been up and down. He hasn't played as well as probably people expected. Yep. Um, it will probably put a lot more pressure on Josh Reed, which honestly, I, I'll let my man, I'll put his feet to the fire. I think he'll be okay. Um, and then maybe Sage might have to come in a little bit. I just think it'll be real bad if, if Vic gets in trouble, but I feel like on the scoring side, Landers has to kind of take the bull by his horns and um, kind of lead them the way, lead the way. I think that'll make it easier for everybody else to get their shots off because Landers is that size person that, you know, he probably matches up very well with Kobe Jones and stuff like that. So he's the guy that I think he has to say, Rob, get on, get on my back. And then other people have to pick, you know, get their 15 or whatever. But I think he has to get that 20 to 25, against Xavier uh, on Saturday. And, and, and JT, the thing is, like, you're, you've been pretty spot on with a lot of your key players. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm going to take your – I'm going to listen to you. Appreciate gonna, it. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. I appreciate that. I try, man. I really do. People probably think I'm joking around all the time, but I, I'm telling you, I try to – I have a weird way to analyze games. I don't need the numbers. I just hey. need to – I need to know what people do good, and then I can figure it out. It's weird. I don't know. I've been like, always been like that. I hear you. Well, yeah. Tim, um, since you're our resident Xavier expert here, um, now if you look at it, Tim, in the past during the shootout, Xavier's always had that guy that just steps up out of the blue. The one year D Davis, who I don't remember what that was, he had Six made threes, a- yeah, and he had Shoot. made like. Before it was, it was shooting fifteen percent, like coming into the game or something like that. It was because it was like the scouting report was like leave D open. Like I, I literally talked to everybody. I was like, we were supposed to let him be it open. Was. <laughs> it, no, JT, it was. He's and my I, guy. So every time I, know, I talk JT, to him, that game comes up. So like literally, people were like, we were supposed to leave him open. Like, yes. like I literally talked to like three, four people. Like, and they, they to this day, they'll be like, well, that's what I was supposed to do. <laughs> like, like he was shooting like ten percent coming in. That was that was crazy. Sam, you're you're right. D, D's a really nice dude, man. I got to know him just a little bit. He's a he's a good guy. But and then you look at the Blewett game. If Blewett doesn't have forty that game, Xavier gets absolutely yeah. out. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, you know they yeah. get. Um, Nunji had a big game last year, right? Do I remember yeah. that correct? He, yeah, yeah they went thirty-two and Yep. So so for this game. This year, this season, Tim, who do you see stepping up to that level? 
Uh, Sule Boom. I think uh, he has been just a gift for Sean Miller's offense. Yeah. I think, you know, the thing that's so unique about Sule, and like this is no knock on Paul Scruggs and what he was able to do in this time at Xavier. But, you know, Paul had an ability, Paul had a tendency to stop the offense. He had an ability to be a bit of a ball stopper where Sule keeps things going. You saw how he played in the PK 85. He was really good playing against some of the best point guards in the country. Uh, without him, I don't know if they beat West Virginia with what he did in the second half. You know, he's a really good scorer. He has an ability to pass the ball really well when he when needed. He just hit 2,000 points for his career, and he's also really good at filling the passing lanes. Uh, Xavier really struggles a lot defensively, but he's the guy that can really kind of give you fits there. So, you know, if you're David DeJulius, you know that's your matchup. Like, that's that's going to be a really fun matchup watching those two going at each other because they're two really good point guards. Yeah, and I, I, it's funny you say that because uh, Lenny Stokes, Leonard Stokes called me, I don't remember what it was, yesterday the day before, my days are blending together, and he had watched um, the Xavier game, and he was like, Boom's a problem. Yeah, he was like, he's you, good. No, that's exactly, he's like, he's a problem, and UC has to be ready. So I think you're, you're spot on with that, Tim. Um, Neil, um, let's, let, let's have you take uh, Xavier or UC, uh, a couple guys that uh, we need to look out for. Yeah, so Tim mentioned Sully Boom, and obviously that's a key matchup. We know his ability to create for others, but we know his ability to score. And that's a matchup I personally want to see watching. I mean, Tim just kind of hit on it a little bit between David DeJulius and Sully Boom, but David DeJulius is one of those guys who likes to take the the best scoring offensive threat and try to lock them down, and we've seen him do it the last two seasons. So, I mean, you look in, that's going to be a really fun matchup to watch, not just on paper, but in person, because we know the guy David is. He really likes to be that defensive guy. If he's not getting anything going offensively, he's really good at uh, locking in, honing in on his defense. So that'll be a matchup to watch. But as JT mentioned earlier, uh, we got to look at the bigs versus Xavier. I mean, Zach Fremantle is coming back. He's probably going to have the best season of his career to start to date. Uh, Jack Nungy is also there. So the two bigs is going to be a problem. Uh, obviously, with uh, as JT mentioned, you got to keep Vic in, like out of foul trouble in all circumstances. But Zach Fremantle had a triple double early, uh, early in this year. I mean, he's starting to get back to his natural self, what he was recruited for to do at Xavier. But I think the bigs are the two things you got to really look, uh, look in on because you know if the bigs don't get going, they're going to push the ball outside, get the guards going between whether it's Colby Jones, Sully Boom, Adam Kunkel. Xavier has stellar guard play, so. Overall, they're probably going to look to play inside out. But overall, I mean, it really starts with the two bigs down in the paint. The Big O segment is sponsored by Donahue Accounting Services. So, and you said somebody, Neil, that I, I do want to touch on, um, Kunkel. And Kunkel's one of those guys, uh, and, and Tim, you've watched a lot of Xavier basketball. thousand percent confidence every time he shoots it. Oh my, no it, doubts. Incredible. It's like he just didn't shoot. Five shots, it, regardless of the results, make or miss. He didn't shoot those. He's shooting one shot at this moment, which, listen, you want to teach kids to be like that. That's what you teach them, right? So I always worry about a guy like Kunkel, like in a, in a game like this, that he'll step up and hit those big shots. Yeah, especially – so one of the actions that Xavier really likes to run is in a, uh, do a little bit of a dribble handoff with Fremantle at the top of the key to create space for Kunkel to get to the side and hit a three. And they're, uh, they're really good at running it. It's not, I'm not going to exaggerate about it. Uh, so this is his best shooting year of his career. I mean, you know, this is what they thought they were getting when he came two years ago. He really works well in that ball off the, off the handoff action. 
So like if you're, you know, if you're Jeremiah Davenport and you're stuck on Adam Kunkel in this game, you gotta be in his jersey. You you cannot let him have space. And and, and Tim, what do you think about um Nunji as far as you know Bearcats matching up with him? We've struggled with him in the past. You know, he's a tremendous offensive talent. Um, you know, he's he's not the best offensive rebounder. I, I think a lot of Xavier fans would like for him to be better there. He does struggle from the free throw line, but he does everything else really well offensively. Uh, he has the ability to stretch the floor. He doesn't shoot a ton of threes, but he gets the same. He gets at least one game, uh, one time a game, gets the action at the top of the key to hit a three. And most of the time he hits it. I think he's above 55% right now um, on those, you know, one or two attempts a game. Um, I think he's a great college center. And, you know, if you are Vic, like the guys have said, um, you're going to have to rely a lot on not just Vic, but Jared Hensley's going to have to be able to do something in this game with him. Yeah. Um, so he's a guy you're going to. Yeah, you're going to throw doubles at both those guys, and that's where Xavier yep. kind of gets gets nasty with their ability to score. Yep, yep. Um, and, and JT, I want to bring you back in because there's there's two guys specifically that I want to talk on the Bearcats. You mentioned this guy before, but we always talk about how wacky this game is. I mean, it's just a wacky game. I mean, what are the chances that we'd see – and listen, I know it's hard for young guys – to step in and play well in this game is it's usually more veteran guys, but JT, could you see Skillings and Josh Reed kind of flying under the radar? Maybe, you know, Xavier's not scouting them as important as your juice and your, your knowledge, you know, those type of guys, yeah. maybe Skillings and Reed get off. Yeah, for sure. Like I feel like Skillings would definitely get the minutes. I hope Reed gets enough minutes to get a chance and to make an impact. Cause I feel like he's just so, under control offensively that I think mm-hmm. he'll make a play here and there. Cause like Xavier is not great defensively, just like UC isn't great defensively. So this could look, I think this game could possibly look like the UC Arizona game possibly, you know what I mean? Like one of those things where people are on, I feel like it could be an 80, 90 point game, maybe you know, yeah. shock people um, yeah. just because I feel like nobody's just going to lock each other down. It's the rivalry on top of it. Um, it's at Fifth Third Arena at the shoe, so that'll give the Bearcats a little bit more juice. But I think, like, you know, overall, I think Xavier's the better team, um, if if you're being honest. But I feel the like they always win the shootout, don't, right? They don't. They don't. Trust me, we, they don't. They definitely been, don't. Plenty it's been times. Many years. Many years. You're like, what? They lost by 15. <laughs> like, what? This team isn't the best team. But uh, and if people are looking at you like you're being a hater, I'm like, nah. But uh, um, back to my point is skillings if he can get up and down if if he gets in the game and say he gets an easy bucket like if it's on a steal or if it's a breakaway and he just gets his comp i mean his, he has confidence but if he gets to where he's making the right plays where where, where uh west isn't trying to take him off the court i mean he could be a, a definitely a, a, a asset for sure because he's six 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 seven can jump out the gym uh all the confidence in the world makes a couple of plays and then he's definitely not the he probably the sixth person they're probably looking at on the scouting report, that's right? What, you know what I mean? And then you got Josh. If he comes in and makes a couple of plays, they they probably even scouted Josh. I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? Just I mean that's just yeah. being fair, you know. I mean, so I can tell you they have. They probably have, but yeah. it's not like, but it's not like, <laughs> but, it's not like, like we're okay. It's not Nolly. It's like Nolly is their guy. Right. I'm pretty right. sure Vic is all so that, over that scouting report. You got juice on this count board. Davenport, they know who he is. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Those are the four that they're like, all right. But they probably like, okay, skills guy. I know he's athletic, blah, blah, blah. But 
you can catch him by surprise. You know what I mean? If he comes out and makes a couple of plays, he doesn't dribble it off his foot or something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> or shoots it from half court for no reason. Well, shit, I think the the um, New Jersey Institute of Technology. I don't think Reed. I don't think Josh Reed played that game. I don't think so either. I don't think he got in. So you know, it's hard. It's like you yeah. never know. Then he gets into Bryant, and you know he's effective. Now, I got a quick question. Yeah. Neil, you go to a lot of the presses. You've been around. Have we ever seen JT and Josh Reed at the same time? I don't think so. No, because the last right. presser was uh, Skillings and Josh Reed, and I do not think JT was able to make that one. I, I don't think we've seen them in the same room yet. There's some similarities there. I don't. JT might be. He might be Josh Reed. JT. That's why I don't, that's no, why no, no, no. JT is cashmere right. We've been through this. <laughs> I have definitely, I have definitely been like, I've had, had drunk fans come up to me like, you're my second favorite point guard, Bearcat point guard of all time. And like, been dead serious. <laughs> I've sat like, next to him for those. And, and I've just been like, thanks, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> and I'll just, they, nobody's <laughs> asked me to take a picture because I want to, I want to take the picture because you ever seen that? Remember when that person saw the uh, fake Dwight Howard? And they posted yeah. it. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. I don't care. I'm, I'm gonna take the picture. Oh. So if somebody hey, asked fake, me to take the picture, fake I will Clay Thompson. Yeah, gonna make it a fake Clay Thompson. Yeah, I'm gonna take it. It's, it's funny because like for like a year or two, Cash was doing like media stuff with us and everything, and then like somebody came up to me like while he was right next to me, they didn't know. They were like drunk and they were like, <laughs> uh which one's cash and i'm like that's cash and he was like no that's cash and then he was the person was confused i'm like man that's cash man right man we look similar you know what i mean but yeah. it's funny it's funny though like but i'm taking a picture though somebody asked me like if anybody comes to this game and ask me to take a picture i will take it and that's i'll tell a- I will, i'm telling them to send it to me too so i can post it <laughs> that's hilarious hey and also <laughs> on that last uh i think it was the um uh, coach satterfield press conference um mm-hmm. i think you became a meme I did. Uh, I did. <laughs> I'm going to start using that, too. You were like. Yeah. I didn't know I got caught like that, but it was a camera at the angle. But dude was asking some some real shiesty questions, though. Like, And I was, was like, he kept doing it. I was, at the first time, I'm like, okay, cool. He must be a Louisville dude because he's he's real salty right now. Like, Why the hell is he just so, so salty? So then he got the mic again. He asked another, like, real salty-ass question. I'm like. Damn, yeah. bro, you want him to cuss you out? Like, you lucky. Like, because that would have been me. If I was a coach, I'd be like, bro, see me after. We could talk one-on-one. <laughs> On day you know, one? Camera. From day one, bro. Like, because dude was, <laughs> he was asking some, he was asking some real shit, like some old underhanded stuff. Yeah. Like, bro, like, come on, man. Like, he done laugh. And you done came all here from Louisville. So you done drove all here from Louisville to ask him some shifty questions. Like, come oh, on, that's... man. You know he ain't about to answer how you want to answer it. And you just keep trying to rephrase it. Like it was bad, bro. Like I'm telling you, like I would have probably cussed him out. They'd be like, "Damn, you hired the wrong guy." <laughs> that's that's I would have, I would have went, I would have went out of code on him because he would have got cussed out. Now, now, Tim, I want to bring you back in. Um, I remember one time talking to Chris Mack about the shootout, and he told me that a lot. Obviously, a lot of coaches do this, but going into the shootout, it was I'm trying to remember what year it was. I know it was at the Centos, and Mac Mac was the coach, and Mick Cronin was the Bearcats coach, but um, Max said he had the first three plays offensively scripted, and they scored the first three possessions. Um, and listen, a lot of coaches do that. Now, Tim, I want to know your opinion. 
what is Xavier going to come out and do, do you think, those first three possessions? Uh, I mentioned earlier that a dribble handoff with Freeman on the top of the key. I think that's yep. going to be something that happens. Um, they do a lot of Soleil boom, taking the ball down the court, and Colby Jones cutting to the rim, to the, to the paint. And then they do a lot of like high-low with Freeman and Nunji, where Freeman will get it around the foul line, and Nunji kind of gets some space, and he throws it over his shoulder, uh, burrow to chase style sometimes. Um, so I could very well see they run, they go out with those, especially, you know, they're really successful with getting Colby and Sule and Adam on that dribble handoff. It's, you know, I've mentioned it a million times now, but it's what they do. I mean, they're the ninth best offense in the country for a reason, according to Ken Palm. And that's a big part of their success. And and what do you think we're going to see defensively from Xavier? Um, they play a lot of man, a ton of man. Yeah. Um, they don't have the best ball pressure. I think that's been pretty off open. Uh, you saw the first half of the West Virginia game. They hit, yep. I think, nine, their first like eight threes. I don't even think I'm exaggerating when I say that. I'll have to look back at the box score. But they play a lot of man. They have like they don't always have the best ball pressure. But it's so weird because when they do lock in, they're pretty good. Um, it's just like they kind of take like possessions off quite a bit at times defensively. And then, you know, second half of the West Virginia game, you saw it and Mm-hmm. They were really physical and like they're really into it and they were a lot of in. pressure on the ball yeah put pressure on the ball yep. they occasionally will throw zone in there they threw a little bit of zone in the indiana game um but yeah if you're you know same thing sean miller's run through xavier through arizona it's a yep. lot of man defense it's a lot of blitzing the ball handler it's a lot of just like get you know speed up the point guard and get the ball out of his hands and try to make make a de- uh, decision quickly Yep. The Big O segment is sponsored by Donahue Accounting Services. For friendly expert tax advice whenever you need it, come to Donahue Accounting Services, a leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio. Our top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513-528-3982 or visit online donahueaccountingservice.com. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. Now it's time for our Kenyan segment sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. And like I said before, man, Greg Hooden is a great follow on Twitter, man. Such a positive dude. Like a really, I love the positive Bearcat fans. Um, So definitely give Greg a follow. Now this is where we cover the keys to the game. JT, we'll start with you. Let's see if you you can keep this thing rolling here, man. You've been man, spot on. Been pressure, what? man. It's pressure. It's pressure, man. It's pressure, bro. This is this is the game right here. This is the game. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> what do the Bearcat Bearcats need to do to win? All right, so they got to protect the ball. One, that sounds generic, of course, but Big Vic can't get in foul trouble. I said that when the keys to keys to the game. If he gets in foul trouble, it can get real hairy, and we don't want that. So he has to, you know, he can't have. In the first half, he can't have two fouls. And if he does have two fouls, it has to be like a minute left in the first half and he catches a foul, something like that. He catches that second foul because he he's the key. Um, because he has to have a an Arizona light game against against Xavier. Otherwise, it's going to be not good for Bearcat fans. So uh that's the key, man. He has to stay on the floor. If Big Vic isn't on the floor, it's gonna take some superhuman. Uh, games from all the guards. You know what I mean? You're going to have to have 20-plus from the Julius. You're going to have to have 
20 plus from Landers, and you're gonna have to have a 15 or 20 game from DD. I mean, not from DDJ, but from uh Davenport. So, and then you're gonna have to have you know people chipping in with six, eight here, stuff like that. But the key is Vic has to be on the floor. I don't and I don't even care about his numbers all the way. Um, I just think he has to just to be there to to take away one of those big guys, especially Nunji, or at least control him. Because if not, he's gonna run wild. To go uh, WWE reference, um, he might turn into Hulkamaniac out there or something. He might, you know what I'm saying? We don't want that. So uh, that's for the WWE fans out there. But yeah, Vic has to be on the floor. Uh, now, now, Tim, I want to jump to you and ask you what Xavier needs to do to win. But and help me with this, Tim. Did I see something on Twitter with some some crazy stat that? Um, if Xavier wins, there are a group of guys that will be 4-0 in the shootout versus the Bearcats. And if um, that's the case, too, there will be some Bearcats that are 0-4 versus Xavier. Did you see this? It's correct. Uh, Zach Fremantle and Kiki Tandy will be 4-0 if Xavier wins. Mike Gavs-Woods and Jeremiah Davenport would be 0-4 if that were the case. I know there's no one that hurts more than Jeremiah Davenport to hear, so. Yes, yes. So with that being said, what does Xavier need to do to win? Um, I think the first thing is stay out of foul trouble. I know it's, you know, another cliche basketball thing to say, but you know, it's just until recently they've been relying on guys like Desmond Claude and Cam Kraft, especially Jack Nungy and Zach Fremantle. Um, Jerome Hunter's been really good coming off the bench of his late for them. He's been a big spark for them. But, you know, they they've had to use Deontay Miles a lot from Walton Verona, who Hasn't played a ton of big-time minutes necessarily. Has had stretch, stretches where he's looked like a good ball player. Uh, but stay out of foul trouble, and I think they just got to learn how to stay the course. They have a tendency to kind of get hot, get going, and then kind of slow down the last part of the half. And, you know, you can get away with that against teams like Southeast Louisiana. You can get away against teams like, uh, you know, teams that they've played to start the year, like Montana. Uh, but you saw what happened when they played Duke and Gonzaga. It's like when they kind of got, like, you know – they slowed down a little bit. Things were kind of went in favor of the opposition. So they got to get hot. They got to keep going. Um, trust Sule to make the right decisions like he has all year. And I think that that's going to be what they do. Because offense, no one's worried about Xavier scoring buckets. They've done it all year. They're the number two three-point shooting team in the country, according to Ken Palm as well. So, you know, they do what they do. They stay out of foul trouble. They keep their starting five on the floor. You know, it's a pretty good chance they can probably keep the streak going. What have they been averaging? Offensively so far, Tim, this year? Points-wise? Yeah. Uh, I actually have the Ken Palm page up now, funny enough. So, what are they around now? They, they have one game this year they've scored less than 70 points. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> that was Duke. Okay. Now, let me ask you this. Do you do you get a sense, and I, I mean, I don't, you know, follow a lot of the Xavier fans or, or, or hear much, but I would assume – the majority of Xavier fans are, are happy with the job Sean Miller's doing. Absolutely. Um, look, you and I are both friends with Travis Steele. We yep. just think the world of him. Yep. Um, but they were, they were ready to move on from him. And it's unfortunate because, you know, everyone wants to talk about how bad of a job he did there. I get it. They didn't make the tournament, but there were always one or two wins away while he was there. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, you lose, but the Butler on a, buzz, a buzzer beater by, um, or you lose to St. John's in a game you need to win, or you lose in the first round of the Big East tournament, and it's always done them in. So, but Sean's um, what really impresses me about Sean. Now, mind you, I was a teenager the first time he was coaching Xavier, so I wasn't around mm-hmm. like the team. 
his ability to manage a game of whatever situation they need is so impressive. And like what I mean is like the West Virginia game, you know, he knows things aren't going very well at, at for long stretches there. And he's like, all right, we're going to completely change what we do. And Adam's going to get his shots and Sule, you take over. Don't worry about the bigs. And that ended up being huge for them. Uh, the way he handles rotations is so impressive. And, you know, like in the Indiana game where they're down eight and they've got Boom's got four fouls. Colby's got four fouls. He managed to get them to where Kunkel has a chance to win the game. It's impressive. I think Xavier fans are really happy and they're really excited about when he gets his guys in. Yeah, I, I I figured as much. I mean, just being at the Xavier West Virginia game, I was hearing a lot of fans saying they were glad he was back. And, you know, like you said, his game management is it's always been something I think Sean's, you know, done well. The Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. Now, Neil, I want to bring you in. Um, th- this game usually comes down to the toughest team wins. It seems like, you know, you throw out uh, all the records and stats. Um, do you feel like that's going to be the case with this this game here, where the, the toughest team wins? Yeah, most definitely. I mean, we've seen it in the past. Everyone knows what's kind of at stake here. I mean, it's kind of more like what's going on. The winner kind of takes home the trophy of Cincinnati. Everyone knows the history behind the Crosstown shootout. So they should be expecting a more physical, uh, more physical game. They know the physicality in this one is always important. But overall, it's going to come down to who is that most uh, more physical team, whether it's on the inside of the paint or outside. But they know they're going to have to play all 40 minutes on both ends of the court. Yeah. So, and, and, and JT, you, you tell me if you agree with this or not. But, you know, you look at Xavier's schedule. Um, I think both teams have the same record, right? Six yeah, and three. Six and three, yeah. Right? But I think it's a different six and three because, yeah, um, yeah. I, you know, Barry. Xavier. Yep. Very. You know, <laughs> Virginia, Duke, Gonzaga. It's a different six and three. However, I will say this. Um, For this game, I feel like this is going to be a huge signature win for Wes Miller if he can lead the Bearcats to victory because, you know, obviously they lost to Arizona. They they played well. They didn't look good against Ohio State. You know, they don't really have a signature win yet or a big win on the schedule. This would be the first one. And and what better than beating Xavier – to elevate Sean or um, uh, Wes Miller in the Bearcat, Sean, um, in, in the Bearcat fans' eyes, than to come out and, and beat a Xavier team that, on paper, a lot of people think is better than the Bearcats. Oh, for sure. This would be a huge equity boost for Wes Miller, like in general, like just did the fan base. Like everybody mm-hmm. loves what he's like, he, the culture he's bringing to the team, how he's, he's recruiting. But if he can get that, this would be a great signature win, especially when everybody knows Xavier's the better team. Like if, if you watch any basketball and you don't think Xavier's the better team, then I I need you need to go get checked out because something's <laughs> not right. You know what I'm saying? Like just in general, yeah. like just being real. Like I'm a Bearcat. I like just take the media part out of it. I hate Xavier. Hate, hate Xavier. <laughs> Despise Xavier. Um, but basketball take take the jerseys off if you go they, they got a real good team so if west can um can get this win even though it's at home it, this would be a big equity boost for him just for the fan base it's this will if he can beat xavier it will make them losing the nku worth it yes i'll take we could lose i, I will lose five three multiple times to nku if you can beat xavier a couple yeah. times you know what i mean because yeah. Cause, yeah. You just, I'll take that. Like, so I'll take that 11 point half. I'll erase that. Like, I'll erase it and people could talk about it and I won't even care because they beat Xavier. 
But they beat Xavier to, on, on Saturday. And, and so if they if they beat Xavier and you look at the next three games, they could really gain a lot of momentum to play Miami of Ohio. Yeah. Honestly, Travis Steele, Xavier coaches, is the third arena. Got a uh, story but, on that coming soon. Say what? We got an article I'm writing on that game next week that'll be published the day of the game. So. Oh, for the Miami Ohio, you see, mm-hmm. okay, good, right. good. I have to check that out. Um, you know, then they'll play LaSalle, Detroit Mercy before they head in the conference play with Tulane, uh, which will be a home game. So I think this this would be a huge a huge victory uh, yeah. for the Bears. The Kenyon segment piece of the game is sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. Come see fellow Bearcat Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota for all your Toyota needs. Cars, trucks, and SUVs. Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota is ready to help you get into your new Toyota. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. And we're going to jump into the Twyman segment sponsored by 93 Ways to Mentor. Now, this is where we cover hot topics. Now, Tim, in the past, we've done some predictions and um, they've not gone over so well. So JT says, you know, we got to stay away from predictions. However, <laughs> I think we're going to bring that back this episode. This is a game where you have to make a prediction, right? You yeah. have to, That's right? True. You have to sit somewhere on the on the physical. So JT, <laughs> I gotta uh, <laughs> we got <laughs> to start with you. Um, I want you to give your prediction on the game score. And how you think the game will play out? All right, so this is hurt my soul that I'm gonna make this prediction this way, but I gotta. Wait, you dare? Don't you? <laughs> I Go have to. I have to. I have to. I gotta be. Gotta be All real right. with it. Um, I hear like Kim Palm has just Xavier only being like a two and a half point favorite. That's ridiculous, but yes. All right. So, mm. so I don't know. Like I feel like they're. I don't know. Something's up. Like I don't know. They must about to send some. I don't know. We we'll touch that another day. But all right, so this hurt this hurts my soul that I'm gonna actually go on record <laughs> and say what I'm gonna say. Um, but I, I have Xavier winning. I think it'll be a back and I think Cincinnati will start off good. It'll go back and forth. I think Vic will get in foul trouble some point in the game, you know, freaking hurt the Bearcats like hell. Mm-hmm. And they'll end up losing. 80 to 74. I'm writing this down. <clears throat> 80 to 74. Yeah, 80 to 74. Vic gets in foul trouble in the second half at a crucial point, and Nunji probably gets out of a rut and scores like six to eight points in a, out of like in a quick spurt, and it, it burns them. And it burns them. Okay. So, I don't like that, but um, I don't hey, either. Is, is uh, Jeremiah Davenport going to play in a mask? They they're saying he's been practicing in the mask. Ooh. Today he got pissed and kind of threw it or spiked it. So, but I think he probably should because this is going to be a physical game. <laughs> I mean, Xavier, you see, I think he has to wear it, or they, they have to have some kind of modification or something where he can wear like a baby mask or something because he's going to need it. If <laughs> he got a broken nose, he's going against Xavier. Yeah, that, that and or they need to get you know like uh, give him a. A baseball uh, catcher's mask. <laughs> what? You ever know what I'm talking about? Get one, get a modified. Get I don't want to like this. It's just like, catcher's mask on. You know, it, a grill. It is. Uh, it's you know, it's very tough to play with the with the mask on. Now, I've never had to play with a mask on. I've yeah. heard from people. One time, I had to play with um, 
it's a funny story. So, so of course I didn't play a lot. <laughs> and, uh, we're in warmups, and the ball. Somebody shot the ball, like shot this crazy shot during warmups. Uh, one of my teammates, and the ball hits off the rim, and it hits me like dead in the eye while my eye was open, and the leather like ripped through. And I had to go to the back, and my eye was red, and it was hurting. And uh, Dr. Ellis, who's the eye doctor, said, you know, you're going to have to wear goggles for this game. Now, you guys remember <laughs> Donald Little? Yeah, 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 yeah. I wore a pair of Donald Little's glasses for one game. <laughs> Donald was like, yeah, yeah, man, you can wear mine. And I was like, oh. <laughs> they were terrible to play. I don't know how – how did Rip Hamilton just stick to that mask and play this – in that mask yeah that's crazy it's crazy now everybody say it's tough wearing a mask man everybody say it's super tough and that's a hell of a this is a hell of a game to have to wear the mask right he's he gonna need to yeah i i just couldn't i can't imagine not wearing it like he needs protection <laughs> yeah hey tim i know you're i know you're betting at the bites to, to, to t- kind of tell us your prediction so let's go with you you think do you think that highly of me meach oh yeah of course um, I will say that, you know, the gap is closing as far as the talent, you know, it's Xavier's had a pretty decent gap for a few years now. The gap is closing, but it's just not there yet. I think that Xavier's ability to shoot the three, which has been way different than years past, at least so far in the season has been incredibly impressive. And I think that's going to kind of really dictate the game. Guys like Adam Kunkel, guys like Soleil Boom, like I talked about. And if they get anything from Desmond Claw off the bench, it's a plus for them. So... I'm around where JT's at. I went 80 to 70. I think UC can score. You know, they've shown the ability to score. I just don't think they can shoot. And I think in a game like this, like you're going to have to knock some shots down. I just trust Xavier to do that more than I do UC. Okay. So you're saying 80 to 70. Okay. Neil, you're up. Yeah. So I'm going to go 78 to 70. I'm going to go on a little under than what JT and Tim said, but overall I think it comes to the uh, play of in favor of Xavier, of course, but it's going to be in the favor of Zach Fremantle and Jack Nunji. It's going to come down to those two guys in the paint. We've seen it last year where uh, Nunji kind of took off for uh, that 32 and 15 or 16, I believe, but uh, it's going to be a closer game than people expect because not many people notice, but this is actually the first crosstown shootout since 2018 with a full arena at Fifth Third Arena. So it's not going to be a 15, 20 point loss like it was last year. It's still going to be that eight to 10 point range. Maybe, but overall, I think it's going to be a little closer game. So I'm going to go with, I said, 78 to 70. That's where I'm going. Okay. The Twyman segment is sponsored by 93 Ways to Mentor. Uh, well, no, 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 I'm cutting you off, Meach. You got, you got, yeah, you got any yeah where's your too, prediction, bro? Alex? Oh, no, I was getting ready to give you the whole spiel. Oh, okay, okay. I was like, you went to the time and you went to the. Oh, <laughs> no, that's you, that. She... All right. No. Have a good show, everybody. <laughs> I wasn't closing it up. Um, okay, so let me, let me kind of build everything up to give you my score. So uh, I, I just, I just found this out. The series currently is 51 to 38. Yeah, yeah. For the Bearcats. Yeah. I think uh, and Tim helped me out with this, but the last ten years, I think it's seven to three. Is that seven right? Seven to three. Yeah, seven to three. Um, Bearcats are due. Um, I like this game being in Fifth Third Arena. 
Um, I think, Neil, you said it first time since, what, 2018 with fans? Uh, with yeah. the full capacity of fans, at least. Okay, okay, full capacity. Um, and, and, and listen, I, I think many people like you three are predicting Xavier's going to win this basketball game, but here's where I'm going to give the edge to the Bearcats. I think Fifth Third Arena is going to be lit up. Um, people are going to sure. be are going to be excited for this game. Um, John Cunningham most likely is going to introduce uh, Coach Satterfield, bring him out, which I heard some people saying he should uh, – Coach Satterfield should come out in a Kenny Satterfield throwback jersey. Which That'd I think be is, fire. That would that be, be pretty awesome. That'd, that'd be, be fire. fire. That would be brilliant. Um, it's in Jake Dunn. <laughs> And I think there's I think there's extra motivation for those guys that have never beat Xavier. And I think there's something something to that. If you go back and you look at the games that Xavier beat UC when UC was by far the better team, I think Xavier just had this edge going into the game that, you know, they wanted to beat UC way more than than UC wanted to beat Xavier. I think at that particular time, not to say that Xavier didn't want to win this game, but I think I, I, guys like the Julius. He's had this game circled for a while. Um, so, listen, Xavier can score. Tim has laid that up real well, which I think is going to force UC to score well. Yeah. And I think the game's going to be close to your guys' prediction score-wise. I have the Bearcats winning 82-78. to 78. Okay. And the winner of our prediction here um, – gets free dinner that a deal we'll all go out to dinner. hey beach let me ask you this real quick before we get to whatever you guys are next yeah cracker Cracker. barrel yeah my wife can tell you the ins and outs yeah (laughs) (laughs) wait tim you being a former player i've always wanted to ask someone this i I talked to redford about it once what do you think when like the the question comes up every year of has the crosstown shootout lost its luster is it not what it used to be anymore like as a former player does that annoy you because it annoys me as like a person who covers both teams yeah it, it hasn't lost its luster i i, I think not it's, at all no i think nah, it's, not at all and, and you know the thing is so like they're listen there there are differences in now compared to when i played so if you look when i played um we didn't have social media we weren't i think as friendly maybe with the xavier players um as the mm-hmm players are now because of AU social media you know like Kunkel and Davenport are, are good friends yeah. you know they, they've been with Jackson Hayes out of the country before hanging out I've, I've seen pictures of that yeah. so you know there, there is it's a different type of basketball relationship as I like to say it so from that standpoint it's different but at the end of the day these are competitors and they want to win and I, I I don't think it's lost I mean I could feel I know just being around the Bearcat players, they're ready for this basketball game. They're 100% ready. And I know the fans are. You know the Bearcat yeah. fans on Twitter, they're going after Xavier, and Xavier's going after Yeah, you UC. see uh, C.J. Anderson, I think he sent a – Xavier sent a tweet that called uh, West Miller corny. And, uh, oh, seaweeds. And something else. and said he's not worried about his team because they, they suck. Okay. And they're like uh, – and then Coach Miller sucks. I'll take Sean Miller over him for sure. And yeah, send some other stuff to tweeted him. that out, huh? Yeah, he tweeted tw- out. He tweeted out right before the uh, start of the show. And okay. people yeah. are going in on him. Do they? People, uh, Bearcat fans have been attacking him 
like all, I'll tell you, whole hour. He is true and true, though. They can say whatever they want to him. He is he, not. He keeps coming down. back, though. He does keep coming back. He's like, yeah, yeah. He's protected his tweets now, though. They weren't protected. I was about to say he made it private. Yeah. Uh, so he's he's cowered down then because he was definitely open because I, I don't follow him. And uh, it popped up on my timeline, and now he's protected. So they must they, – they, they attacked him. Bearcat fan, Bearcat Nation. I love it. I love it. I love it. Bearcat fans, baby. They jumped out. Look at those. those this is what's fun about you. being me. Because huh? I'm the this is what's fun about being me because I'm the only guy that's not television that's in both media rooms. So like I'm the only one that's like around both fan bases, right? Mm. Like one of the few. So like for me, when I see this and I don't have a dog in the race, it's just kind of like the Michael Jackson gift where you get your popcorn out, you know, and you just kind of sit <laughs> there and watch it. Yep. Yep. But yeah, but he bought he, he went he went he went dark mode. He went he protected his tweets. Mm. Dang, <laughs> they must have been tearing his ass up. <laughs> but uh <laughs> I tell you what, Twitter's Twitter's a dangerous place, man. It is, man. Yep. It, it could it's you all know, good, it could be all bad at the same time. Yeah, man. <laughs> they they will tweet some stuff out, but they'll see you face to face and won't say anything. No, right? you won't no, nah, they will they won't. That's what I tell people all the time. I said every once in a while I'll be like, man, you know I'll I'll slap you. <laughs> 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 you say something disrespectful about my family, I will probably slap you. So I'm Same. trying to tell people that. But I, I, but the younger me would say stuff like that. So I, I don't tweet that out anymore though. But people think you people could people think you can say anything to people online and then if you bump into them, like if I feel like that was disrespectful. I won't check you on it. You know what I mean? Like people, people tweet like they never been slapped or punched before, and that's uh-huh. you could tell by how they, how they tweet at people. It's like you never been punched in the eye before, or somebody you never been threatened like face to face because you talk too too crazy, you talk too and crazy, they- disrespectful. And then when somebody say something back, you want to say something crazy. Then like somebody said something about like my mom one day, and I was like, look, bro, I don't even care about like look. Like, nope. I'm gonna Don't block. I'm gonna block. I'm like, I'm gonna block you because I'll slap. I was like, I, I was like, I'll slap the shit out of you. Like, I don't care. Like, you can say anything about me, but don't talk about my right. family. Like, I post my kid or something. You say something crazy about that. Like, you are gonna get G checked. I don't care. Like, pull up. Okay, how big you are, how small you are. I don't care if you got any defects. I don't care if you got one arm. Like, you are gonna get it. Like, say something <laughs> about my kids. Like, you know what well, I'm saying? Arm. But he'd be tweeting with the one. Yeah, the good one. hand. Or you might be able to voice tweet. That's true. Not you just hold I don't know. It doesn't always work. It's kind of it like kinda, you know. It'll, you might get. It give you a lot of typos. Yeah, yeah. You might go to voice tweet. You know what I'm saying? You know, it is what it is. But anyway, people tweet. People tweet, and they social media like they've never been into a fist fight. Oh yeah. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Or never been into like a part where you could have got harmed, and you can tell. But that's, all right, I, I got off the rail on that one. But it well, no, this part I don't. I don't. That's why a lot of times I don't even pay attention to a yeah, lot of. Yeah, it's fun. I like. Why are you not talking about my like? family members or something you good you can, you can whatever. say whatever you want about me i'm gonna laugh because it's hilarious yeah, but sure. if you cross the line like if i post my kids or something you say something crazy or something like that then yeah we gonna have to talk and i'll dm you first you know what i mean if you do say something crazy, <laughs> yeah i'll be a gentleman about it but we can meet up but if you're in cincinnati area you can definitely meet if you get off well, on me i'll just take the l we've we've learned something <laughs> today i <laughs> say family or you will you will get pulled up on yeah. now <laughs> speaking of all that this is actually a good segue because um luke fickle just put out a um uh what do you call that letter to the fan or uh, letter yeah, yeah. 
letter to Cincinnati. I don't, I don't, I don't know. And, <laughs> and it's me that some fans were upset Very. that the, the letter wasn't specifically addressing the word fans. Yeah. Did you that? Um, yeah. yeah, they were pissed, man. It was like some people were like, oh, glossing over it and didn't care. But they were like, he didn't really. And he said Cincinnati. I mean, I don't know. I really didn't care. I mean, it was a late letter. So I mean, he's already gone. So it doesn't really matter what you said. He could have told us to F off at the end of the day. He already dipped. But, <laughs> yeah. you yeah. know, at the end of the day, but fans <clears throat> are pissed, man. Like, they were like going at it. He probably, got, he probably got his stuff protected right now. Remember what I said a couple podcasts ago? Yeah. yeah. I hey. said the fans the fans that were criticizing him for the Ben Bryant quarterback yeah. fan saying stuff that got to his wife and his family. And yeah. they, and, and so I think the reason the fans weren't, I'm telling you, y'all. No, no, I'm not, uh, I'm, no but I, my thing is this, if Cincinnati fans get you, if he does something that Wisconsin fans don't like, I understand. But like, okay. But I think there's a difference though. Here's the difference. I agree with you, but the difference is this. It, his formula, if you go back, he's had – it's like – I feel like Fickle feels like he's done it successfully. So yeah. don't question him now. Not say he's saying don't yeah, question him, yeah. but you know what I'm saying? He's like, just trust me. Yeah. Whereas I think it, it Wisconsin, he hasn't done anything yet. Yeah. Now, yeah. if he's done something, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to get criticized until you do something. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, he's – Took this football program to some some great heights, you know. Did did some some great sure. things, you know. I think there should be a trust level, um, yeah. Fans, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, he definitely built the equity, but I mean, at the same time, certain things that fans were questioning were legit, like certain stuff, like his time management this year was pretty crappy at times. And like, it's if you say like it's it's weird because. Like, I love Fickle. He did a lot for the program. Took him to unseen heights. But, like, if you say anything, like, wrong, like, just not not even saying, like, he's still a hell of a coach. But if you say, like, he did 10 things right, but he did two things wrong, you say two things wrong, people are like, what are you talking about? Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, look, no, I saw the game. Like, you could have called a timeout. You could have saved a whole extra minute. Maybe got a chance to yeah. score. Like, that- time management's pretty rough. They didn't sure. adjust. Like teams want to run down their throat. We did. They didn't adjust. They just kept staying in the same base three three five. They do that in Wisconsin. They're going to be losing more games than they expect. So like you have to adjust. And I think this year they had enough talent where they they shouldn't have lost any of these games. Like the three games they lost, they shouldn't have lost. They just didn't adjust. Like teams like we're going to try to smash it down your throat, but they were like, ah, oh, we're just going to stay in on three three five. But that's neither here nor there. But like my thing is this. In Wisconsin, football is king. They don't have – I mean, they have a rich basketball history, but it's not like the Bearcats it's basketball right. history. You You're right. I mean? Kaminsky, baby. Yeah, I mean, but it's still not – I mean, it's football. <laughs> it's football there. And if you think it's loud here, shit, he better have some – he better not have rubber ears there. I just well, – I, I mean, they're it, in, the, in the family it, to me. Jake, to me. Let, me. let me give you some pushback on that, though. So – I don't think like the criticism that you just said, I think is, is valid. Like I understand, I understand when, when fans say that, I, I don't think that Luke or even his family necessarily had a tremendous amount of issues with that. But I think it was the response of, of Ben Bryant. 
and Ben Bryant being the quarterback from day one and the criticism for that, then the boos from the crowd. Like, mm-hmm. I think that really bothered the, you know, the family. And I think Luke's a pretty tough dude. I don't, I don't think, like I said, yeah. in the I think it affected him as much, but, but hey, happy wife. Happy wife. So I, and so I, I said it before, and I think that's why you saw the letter phrased the way yeah, it was phrased. I think so too, though. I, I think so too. Now, the hindsight 2020, I think so too. Yeah. The letter wasn't like as clear cut. Like you have to kind of read into it. It wasn't like, we love yep. your fans. <laughs> it's, it's like, hey, F, he's almost like, F y'all, we go. <laughs> <laughs> right, it was definitely. <laughs> So what? So let me let me. You know what? This would be interesting. Let, let's get Tim's perspective. Tim, um, what's your perspective on the uh, football hire with Coach Satterfield? Um, Meech, I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm probably the worst person to ask that <laughs> because I don't pay attention to any college football. Okay, well, forget you then, Tim. Um, we're gonna ask <laughs> Neil. Go on to uh, Neil. <laughs> yeah, like. I root for Notre Dame, so we're terrible all the time. So, you know, I just move okay. on with my life. All right. We'll 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 move on from uh from Tim. Uh Neil, what are you we haven't we haven't talked about the hire yet. Um I know you guys did on front office news and stuff, but uh just quickly, Neil, what are your what are your thoughts on the hire? Yeah, I mean, obviously after doing a little more research, me personally, I like the hire. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, uh Coach Satterfield is someone who is right down the road, he has a very great history of winning. We saw what he did at Appalachian State, uh, transition from the FCS to the FBS. He has a transition to winning. But there's something that he really gets. He's a heck of a recruiter, but he understands NIL tremendously, and he knows what it's able to do. He's We've seen the recruiting class he just built at Louisville. Obviously, things are shaking out a little differently now, but to bring in someone who understands NIL was something very important because they know the process of, what NIL can do, you you know you're going to have to be able to compete with NIL. And um, I'm really actually very curious to see how he kicks this thing off and gets underway. I mean, it's right down the road, so it's kind of like a battle of keg of nails uh, mm-hmm. for the Fenway Bowl. Obviously, they know there's a little history there, but I'm actually curious to see how it goes out. And, I mean, obviously you can't really judge somebody by their past. You just kind of have to let them see how they make that transition. And I think uh, I think it'll be a smooth transition into the Big 12. Good, JT. Yeah, um, the more I think about it, um, like at first I was like, ah, I don't know, but I don't know. I feel like he's hitting the hitting the ground running. Um, I think his ex- his experience of helping a, a, a program transition. Um, he had to help Appalachian transition from FBS two to FCS, um, which is huge. I know this is probably a little bit. Man, it might not be as might be the, not not bigger, honestly. And then he's already had the Louisville experience. I think he's probably taking like his time at Louisville because he definitely took over a dumpster fire at Louisville and he's not taking over a dumpster fire here. So like right. hindsight 2020, he's, he's got a cleaner slate. So he's got, he's went to three bowl games there. The, the only thing that scared me is he was kind of on, they were, they never really backed him. And he was kind of like a, a backdoor hire for us. Um, yeah. So that's the only thing that scares me, but you take that away, look at what he's done. He's coming into a he, the, the cover's not bare here if he can keep most of the kids. Yep. And he'll be able to bring in some of his kids with the portal. It just makes it a lot easier. Uh it's, it's not a, a full reboot. So like that, I think he can be competitive year one. 
and he could probably win like if he wins seven to eight games, everybody will be kind of on his back. But I think that'd be a good, a real good season going to a new conference because you're not going to be playing a, a, a Tulsa ECU, no disrespect to them, you know what I mean? Every week, you're going to be playing teams as we said on the pod yesterday. Everybody's going to be of UCF caliber, Tulane's caliber every week in the, in the Big 12 or better, you know. So, uh, if he can win four, four games get lucky and win five or more in the conference, then he's cooking with house money and it's just going to go up from there. But yeah, I, I like the higher overall. Um, overall, the more I look at it to see what he's already been through. So, yep. so um, quickly, I'll just, just give you my thoughts here. I'm going to give the guy a chance. I think yep. he deserves a chance. I yep. think all the coaches that, especially I think John Cunningham does a good job of uh, doing his research and meticulous hiring process he has. Um, he may not have been the first choice for John Cunningham, um, but we arrived at that. So it is what it is. Um, so listen, I've been wrong before. Um, totally wrong. Um, when we were going through the process of fickle, I wanted Charlie strong as the coach. Mm. I very adamant on Charlie Strong. And when Fickle got hired, I said, oh, man, they messed this up. <laughs> and that's when I learned, like, I was wrong. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm not at that that ground level and in the deep end as those guys are doing their research, you know, final things. And we and listen, how many of us thought Tuberville was a good hire? Everybody thought it was a good hire. I'm you not going to lie. I mean, everybody, we almost threw a parade when you got hired. Right? It's like, we're about yeah. to win a national championship. <laughs> <laughs> That dude was, you know, he was he was on a, uh, on a cruise ship, just cruising. Yeah, he's stealing money. Like, no, he was really stealing money. Not he had a ski mask on. He had a clear ski mask on. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I, I, I'm gonna leave it on this. Um, one thing that I liked um, that Satterfield did in the press conference is he didn't hit us with all those like. I get, I just get tired of the football coaches hitting you with all the cliche stuff. And, you know, I know JT, you texted me and said he didn't make you run through the wall after the press conference, but yeah. I, mean, I just, you know, just talked as, as he normally would. And, and, you know, he didn't hit us with that, you know, Dabo, like all that rah, rah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He didn't hit us with rah, rah. He didn't make me run through, but, but dude from the, the, the dude in the blue jacket, man, he was asking so many crazy questions. He probably couldn't even think about trying to, Turn into, you're, about, uh, you're about to throw him through the wall. Yeah, that, man, that dude was crazy, man. I was like, dude, you really like that? He kept trying to reword it, man. He was, he was crazy. That dude was really trying to get him to go out of code, break code, man. You know what? When I post the podcast tomorrow, when I do the the montage of the pictures, I'm <laughs> you. That cool? Hey, dude, do what you feel, man. I am do gonna. Do I get to say what my picture is? Jeez. Um, I'm gonna work on that. Who who's the picture in the back? Who's on the back right there on your back wall? Uh, That's with... Wade Miley, baby. Is it really? It's Wade Miley or Bret Hart. It's one of those two. So okay, okay. I, got, I like I, I it's Wade Miley. Yep. Okay, I like that. The uh, one after he threw the no hitter. Yeah, those are giveaway. Uh, one of the guys in the res is a buddy of mine gave it to me. Okay, nice. good stuff. The Twagman segment is sponsored by 93 Ways to Mentor. 93 Ways to Mentor is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that specializes in empowering youth in the greater Cincinnati area through mentoring, therapy, education, and financial support. To support, visit the website 93waystomentor.com or contact Derek Adams at 513-310-1715. Fellas, this concludes another great podcast. Thanks to all of our sponsors. 
Tax Lead, Donahue Accounting Services, Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota, 93 Ways to Mentor, and of course, the good folks at Mio's Pizzeria on 2634 Short Vine. Make sure you visit them before and after all Bearcat football and basketball games. Get there early because the place is packed. I'm going to be there before and after myself at the shootout. So depending on the score and all that good stuff, if you guys want to, Tim, Neil, JT, if you want to come through after I win, you guys can buy me a pizza. How does that sound? That sound good? So that's that's cheaté? Huh? That's cheaté? That's cheat meal? It's cheat day. Yes, cheat day. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Me too. Hey, hey, Tim. uh, Everyday cheat day? Hey, Tim. um, Whoa. I work really hard. No, no, I, I was, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That wasn't it. Tim, uh, quickly tell everyone how they can uh, get your content. Check me out at 48minutesnetwork.com on all socials at timdaniel518. My Instagram is not that interesting. It's just pictures of my dogs, but everything else. Yeah, it's basketball. The Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast is presented by Taxly. Taxly offers the first apprenticeship program for careers in tax law and consulting. So for those who thought the CPA was the only way to a prestigious tax career, let Taxly show you the importance of becoming an enrolled agent. Visit Taxly.com to learn more. Now, we will be back with another episode on December 14th at 10 a.m. previewing the Miami of Ohio game. Tim's going to have a nice article for that. Um, by the way, I will be at Mio's Pizzeria on December 14th from 5 to 6 p.m. doing a live The Bearcat Basketball podcast. JT, my special guest is going to be Bearcat legend, Eric Hicks. Okay. Big E Hicks is going to be in the building. So 5 to 6 p.m. at meals. Hopefully everybody can uh, make it out. And, um, hey, good stuff. Hey, Tim. Yes, sir. Um, love having you on the podcast. Love your content. Love everything you do. Um, Thanks, we need man. to continue to have you on, okay? Anytime you need me. I got Miami scouting, too, so. Oh, Okay, just throwing it out there, maybe throwing it out there. <laughs> if you I'll, need me, I like that. Now, now, Tim, as you're putting your uh, Christmas list together, remember that um, any Jimmy G mugs, um, stickers, posters, um, JT would appreciate that. And uh, for Neil, um, actually, let's get him the masterpiece sneakers. <laughs> Is that cool? Um, yeah. Hey, whatever works. <laughs> Burp I don't know if I'll rock them. My shoe game is pretty weak. And if they're looking weak. like that, I don't know if I'll be wearing those in public. It is weak. He showed up to the press the other day in Vans. Oh. <laughs> really? It's weak. Did you take a skateboard to the presser or what? He said he showed up. Nah, he, showed up. he said he showed up in Vans. Nah, I should have wrote a I should have wrote a bird over there. Man. <laughs> That's right. Up on the bird, guys. We got Steph Neal's shoe game up, man. We got to help yeah. him out. Yeah, it's whack. Yeah, get you. I got that. You like, I like Adidas, man? Adidas. But you can get you some Hardens. You can get you some some Dames. They got some these. They got some. It's some fire Dames, man. You get you some Dames. Get you some shell toes. Wait, 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 wait. Neil, Neil, you're an Adidas guy. Yeah. Yeah, man. I got a wide foot, so Adidas shoes fit the most comfortable. Okay. Didn't didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, he gotta get. Gotta get the Adidas, man. We gotta at least get them some. It's some decent Adidas out there, man. You gotta step. You gotta get you to get, I gotta get step some it crazy up. eights, man. You some crazy eights. Step, yeah. You got you gotta step it up now. If you don't, <laughs> we're gonna get you the masterpiece for uh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we definitely might do that. We might really do that. 
You don't want those. Yeah. I know, I know. I Googled that picture. I know, I know. <laughs> Real quick, I'll tell you a funny thing. So Master P, when he was promoting his shoes, he had a he had he put together a commercial and he put it on his Instagram. It might have been the funniest commercial I've ever seen. Yep. He was in the kitchen rapping and he took out oven mitts and he opened up his oven and he pulls out <laughs> as if they were baking in the oven. It was the worst thing I've ever. <laughs> it was so bad. I said, he, had a, he put on oven mitts to take these shoes out of the oven. As if he, been, he said, I've been cooking these things up for a minute. You heard? <laughs> <laughs> you heard? You heard? You heard, Cody? <laughs> he didn't want, want to burn his hands and things were so trash. <laughs> 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 Latrell hey. was like, man, those look worse than mine. That's saying something. Oh, they, they, they were. They were. The spinners. <laughs> oh, man. It was rough. Remember the, the, uh, the spinners? What were those Dada's, wasn't they? Dada's, they, yeah. <laughs> those. Oh, my gosh. You know what? Weber had some Dada's. They was trash, Ooh. too. Yes, Whoever. he did. Yes, he did. Something hey, shiny as shit. Let's see, I'm going <laughs> to add to the montage the, the little collage I put together for the uh, post tomorrow for right. the podcast. So I'm going to add masterpiece shoes. <laughs> the meme. <laughs> I'm going to add it all. I got to figure out what picture of Tim I'm going to use. <laughs> I'll, I'll have my wife uh, get with you console with you and she'll, she'll, she'll pick good ones. Oh, oh really? She's got, <laughs> a, you know, it's got not blackmail. <laughs> okay. I see these. Oh, man. You definitely gotta put the pea shoes on there. Damn, that's crazy. <laughs> oh that was man, that was off the top of the head. That was not pre-planned either, man. That was good. That's the best thing you I think one of the top things you've said thus far. Yeah, for sure. I liked it. For sure. Yep. Yep. So uh good stuff, fellas. We appreciate <laughs> you guys and your time. So um thanks to everyone out there for listening to another episode of the Bearcat Tip Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. Go Bearcats.